The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Cowboys Nation, happy Victory Monday. We're going to call it Victory Monday because it's the closest thing we'll get to one of these things for a while. And quite frankly, I am feeling what the Cowboys did this weekend. But before that, this is Girls Talking Boys. Um, I'm your host, Kelsey Charles, joined by my co-host, my lovely co-host, Megan Murray. We have a special guest with us today. Um, you might know him, one Jeffrey Cavanaugh from 105.3 The Fan. Hello, Jeff. Don't say hi to me before your co-host says hi. Gosh. I know, right? Hey, y'all. I kind of just like railroaded her on that. It's all good. What's up, guys? You know, I just like to hear myself How we doing, talk. guys? How we doing, guys? <laughs> Haven't How heard we that doing, in guys? <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, so, obviously, a really fun weekend in the books. Draft day. Uh, three days of it. And I think, overall, we felt like it was a resounding, positive experience. Uh, and we give this front office really high grades. So, we'll kind of review... Just in case you've been hiding under a rock, uh, what went down? We had seven guys that are going to be new in the building. Pick 17, C.D. Lamb, wide receiver from Oklahoma. Second round, pick 51, Trayvon Diggs, who's a corner from Alabama. Third, pick 82, uh, Neville Gallimore. (laughs) My pet cat. (laughs) Defensive tackle, her new pet cat from Oklahoma. Fourth round, 123, Reggie Robinson, another corner from Tulsa. Uh, and then we've got, we traded up for Tyler. Gosh, darn it. I don't know how to say his last name already. Biotish. Biotish, uh, a center from Wisconsin from Travis Frederick University. Fifth round, 179, Bradley Anai, an edge from Utah. And seventh, last but not least, Ben DiNucci. A, what a great name. Quarter, quarterback from James Madison. So, um, guys, I just love to kind of start off and just get your reactions on on really how you felt like this draft went down for the Cowboys and overall give them a grade. Well, I'm going to have to give them an A. Um, I want to give them an A plus just based off of like drafts past and how I like, we all just get a little frustrated with um, how they've handled things in the past. And this one just felt like a breath of fresh air, but honestly, A. I will give them an A plus. Oh, bold! It's my uh, it's my favorite draft they've had in the six years that I've been studying draft picks. I think they nailed it. I think it was awesome. I think um, I don't want to say the coronavirus is a positive in any way, shape, or form, but I think the fact that they had a new coaching staff 
and they had limited access to the players means they had to just trust their scouts and trust Will McClay. And they said, these are the best players available. And Jerry said, cool, I'll pick them from my super yacht. (laughs) So more on the super yacht later. (laughs) But I really do feel like he needs to be drafting from that yacht every single year if the results are going to be like this. But I want to touch on what you just mentioned, where best player available. That's been a narrative around this team for a while now. And and it's it's whether you draft for fit or whether you draft for best player available. And I think in the past we've seen this team draft for fit, especially in terms of guys like a taco are a great example, where they just fit this scheme. They were going to be a Marinelli guy, and they went for him. And obviously it didn't super pan out for us. And then a guy like C.D. Lamb comes along where uh, a name like Chase on was still on the board, and technically it's a need for the Cowboys, but – the team went ahead and went with the guy who's an outstanding player, a total rock star, and went with best player available strategy. I mean, do you guys give that credit to McCarthy being in the building, coronavirus? I mean, you kind of you kind of mentioned a little bit that you think it is a result or residual of that, but where's your head at? Well, okay, so Steven said that Will McClay is the MVP, and I completely agree with that. But I do think that McCarthy came out and said, like, he was going to focus a lot on – bringing in the right guys and not just to fit something, he would build something around that. So I think that he, he talked the talk earlier and I think he walked the walk and I look forward to seeing him continue to do that. I think it's a lot easier for the head coach to not push for any individual players when he's a brand new head coach. So I think everybody gets credit. I do think this is a draft for, this is kind of dangerous because we, I think everybody loves Will McClay because we picture Jerry Jones as the GM and everybody's like, oh no, not Jerry. And so whoever else it could be, you're like, yes, that guy, he's perfect. And Jerry's terrible. Uh, and Will's tried to own some of the misses in recent drafts, but I don't, I don't want him to own it because I think it was Rod Marinelli. I'm like, no, stop taking credit for Taco, Will. I don't think it was you. <laughs> stop taking credit for Tristan Hill. I know that wasn't you. Uh, so, yeah, I think Will McClay and the scouts get the credit, but Mike McCarthy gets some credit too because Jerry will listen to his head coach, even if he's brand new. Jerry listens to a lot of different people, and so if he had guys that he liked, could he have swayed some picks? Yeah, I think he could, but – I hope that this is a sign that Mike McCarthy is true to what he was saying, where he's like, listen, four, three, three, four defense, whatever. Um, this position, that position, whatever. Give me the best players and I'll make it work. And then when the best player on the board was CeeDee Lamb, who they they had no clue he was going to be there. Right. No clue. Right. They were stunned. And so now you're in the room with everybody basically like, hey, guys, we were hoping Chason would be there, and he is, so our plan is kind of on track here. We're good. And then somebody's got to go, but CD's way up there and somebody goes, right, but that wasn't our plan. And they're like, well, yeah, but, but he's here. So shouldn't we take the best player? And they did. And they kept doing that. Uh, and I give the credit to Will McClain, the scouts for getting him in the right order. And for Jerry and Mike McCarthy and Steven, not deviating from, Hey, this is the order you guys have them in. This is the order we're going to pick them in. So I love that too because we heard after the first round in the press conference that the ownership and um, Coach McCarthy gave, they said, I mean, they were as shocked as all of us. <laughs> I, think, I think they said they went through six mock drafts and neither of them, any of them, was CD ever available still. And so I think that was a really big shock for them. Um, and But a good surprise, obviously, if you will. I mean, this guy's going to be a rock star. I'm, I'm so excited to have him on the team. Um, I think he brings that that third wide receiver slot back to life that that I you know Randall Cobb obviously was great 
and he came in. He's a he's a vet. He's gonna do his job. He knows what to do. But Cole, Be- Cole Beasley really, in my opinion, owned that position for us for a while, and um, I think that he can jump in and automatically fill that third role. But you have guys like Amari. You have guys like Michael Gallup that can also trade into that slot as well. And so I, the flexibility in that this wide receiver core has um, and diversity is going to be really, really fun to play with. <laughs> We've got some guests here too. I'd like to apologize for my dogs. <laughs> I have a new dog named CD <laughs> because it was the best draft pick in history. And he's the cutest. So he's the best draft pick in history. And so his name is CD and I just like to apologize. And here's, Back to Megan to answer whatever you said. <laughs> For the uh, record, they're really, really cute. I not answer so much as uh, add to, there is a, everyone was shocked. But uh, I think if anyone was watching you live, uh, they saw how shocked you were. Your reaction <laughs> was fantastic. It was one of the best reactions I've seen from this. I think you were more excited than CD was. Like, sh- tell me about that. I didn't have words. Um <laughs> You can check, I think, 1053thefan.com. I'm pretty sure they posted it or check their Twitter account. Because, yeah, I didn't have words. I was ready leading up to this draft for them to pick a guy that was a reach at a position of need. And, like, the guy the Falcons took at 16. I thought A.J. Terrell. I thought he was, like, a second to third round corner. And people started talking about, oh, yeah, you know, if you're wiped out and the guys that you want aren't there, that might be the guy for the Cowboys. I'm sitting here going, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and then CD's there. And I'm like, okay, CD's there. And I can deal with the Caleb on chase on pick. And I'm building up to it and telling everybody, like, you know what they're going to do. They're going to pick the dude they were planning to pick. They're not going to take a gift that fell right in their lap, and they're going to do it. It's not what they do. They pick for need. And then they picked him. They picked CeeDee Lamb. And I think I just giggled. I kind of giggled and chuckled and put my head on the table and just laughed for a while. And then eventually I think I found words, and I think I just said, Team 40 Burger lives. Uh, so yeah, you could say I was happy. You could say I was happy enough to name a dog after him. We have to know, we asked Dave this the other day, um, who originated, who came up with the phrase? Was it you or Dave or someone else? I think that it was at not to be trite on Twitter. My buddy, Mike White, not that Mike White, the, but another Mike White, I think. And then I think I stole it immediately. And so, yeah, he tweets me all the time and he refers to us as the originators, which I think means he came up with it and I stole it and sent it mainstream. If Dave's trying to claim it, he might've come up with it. He's I don't def- know. I think he's definitely trying to claim it. What did he say? He last might, week? He, maybe he did. I don't know. He, he was like, it was either me or Jeff. I can't remember. Yeah. Well, at so, least he was kind of trying to share the credit, if you will. Um, all right. So day one starter, you think Jeff? Yes. CD. CD Lamb. Yeah. Yeah, day one starter. Yep. And I think um, year two, he's going to be the Cowboys' best receiver, which is saying a lot because Amari Cooper is awesome. He's like a top 10-ish receiver in the league. And I think C.D. Lamb will be the Cowboys' best receiver 12 months from now. And I think right now he's starting as the third receiver, C.D. Hey, C.D., everybody chill a little bit. Thank you. Um, Yeah, so I think that he starts right away, obviously. And I think it'll be him and Amari Cooper both playing some in the slot and some outside. I don't picture Michael Gallup as a slot guy. So I think they'll figure it out where CD will play in the slot. Amari will play in the slot. They'll play a lot of three wide receivers. And yeah, he'll be a starter. And then he'll be the greatest draft pick in Cowboys history 10 years from now outside of Stallback. 
Staubach was picked in the 10th round. Mm. But he also probably found out like three days later in a newspaper because I'm pretty sure he was deployed when he found out that he was picked. So, yes, CeeDee Lamb will start. So, um, opinions on the number situation. I, we haven't gotten official word yet. 1088. Dave even threw out 17. I kind of loved that too. I was good. I was good with that. Do you think they would honestly give 88 up right now? They want to give him 88. Jerry's campaigning for him to wear 88. <laughs> so, like, we talked to CD after he was picked, and he said, I'm rocking 10. I know. That's when I heard it first, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And then Jerry, after the first round at his press conference, was like, let me tell you a really long story about my friend named Jerry. His last name was Lamb. I think his first name was Jerry. But his last name was Lamb, and he wore 88 at Arkansas while Jerry was there. And he yeah. passed away recently, and he's like, and I really want CD to wear, which is very guilt-trippy, Jerry. He's like, in, in honor of my friend, I want CD to wear 88 and carry on the tradition. And I'm like, yeah, I could see CD rocking the 88, but I pick, no, you get to pick your number. You don't get to peer pressure my guy into rocking 88. So, Let my guy wear what he wants to wear. I was like surprised when he came on your show and said that he was going to be rocking 10 because as someone who previously had experience um, around the equipment department, I don't think they have a number secured for him concretely just yet. So when he came on, it was like, I'm wearing 10. I'm like, what? How? Like, Hey, if you want to forge your own path with number 10, like I'm cool with that too. Like make 10 the next best number in history. I'm here for it. Start a legacy of 10s. All right. So CD was a good pick. Everyone's super excited about him. I think it's an obvious we're hype on that pick. What about out of the rest of the guys, who's your favorite pick the Cowboys made? All of them. Uh, Almost all of them. I know nothing about the quarterback from James Madison. Option D. I know nothing about Danucci, uh, but I did spend the last hour of the broadcast looking up his old tweets because he said something about Romo being terrible at some point he when he was like 15. He did. Um, I just feel like he should have had some <laughs> foresight. If he actually, apparently he met with McCarthy when he came down here for the FCS championship and his dad or his brother is his basketball coach. And I'm like, bro, you like, look, a lot of our prospects did a really good job of wiping their social media. And I respect that. But his agent or whoever it was probably thought he was undrafted free agent material. Maybe they didn't like go that deep into it. And here we are. <laughs> the quote is Tony Romo is absolutely horrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's much like Dak. Dak had an anti Romo tweet in his past that came out as soon as he became a cowboy. So it's a tradition like none other, whoever gets drafted <laughs> to the Cowboys that plays quarterback blasts Romo. Um, the good news is I went through his entire history, he signed up for Twitter in early 2014 and I read through it all. <laughs> Nothing else bad in there. Uh, just the Romo shot fired. Uh, he really liked his girlfriend when he was 15. He, yeah, he was a big fan of hers. I don't know what happened to her. It looks like her account isn't, maybe it has a new handle. but New last name. It doesn't link to it anymore. I don't know. Um, Trevon Diggs, Trayvon Diggs. I got to stop saying Trayvon. Trayvon Diggs yep. 50, at 51 was an awesome pick. Because again, I promise you, that was the top guy available. Their top guy on their board. Very top. Like it wasn't, what do we need? Although this time it worked because they did need a corner. And they got two guys in the first two picks that they really thought they wouldn't have a shot at. I thought Trayvon Diggs might end up being the pick at 17 if they lost Chase on and CJ. and CJ Henderson and the top three receivers and Javon Kinlaw. Then I thought there was a decent shot Trayvon Diggs was going at 17. And I think they were stunned he made it to 51. Why did he fall, you think? Uh, I think some teams, corner's hard to figure out. 
because everybody, all of them are so different. Like AJ Terrell went 16 from Clemson. I think Trayvon Diggs is better than him. I have no doubt about it. I think he's better than him. But teams see these guys different ways. Teams value different things, and they got lucky. They got lucky with their first pick. They got lucky with their second pick. Um, I'm good with the third pick. I don't love it like I love the first two. Neville Gallimore, I like him. Don't love him. So Harry Potter. Meg loves him already. I'm the opposite. I love him. We're going to get jerseys. Because of Neville Longbottom? Yeah. Honestly, yeah, like... He could be the Neville Longbottom for you. Like, he comes out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, he, like, casts a spell and saves a day. Like, you don't know. He could be our undercover hero. Was yeah. Neville the one that ended up killing the snake? Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is what we're saying. That was a good job by Neville. So Okay, can- I'm in on Neville. Neville's good. <laughs> um, You're Be- welcome. Biotish, the, the center. Well, no, wait. Um, I skipped a pick. Reggie, Reggie Robinson. Yep. Uh, the Tulsa corner. Again, I think they got... So according to me, they got like the sixth best player in the draft at 17. They got somewhere around the 20th best player in the draft at 51. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. At 82 was Gallimore, and I probably had him as somewhere between the 50th and 60th best player. So still, you're way ahead of the game there. Reggie Robinson, I would have his top 100 player. They got him at what, 122? 123. Give or t- 123. And then the center from Wisconsin, Biotish, I had as a third or fourth rounder. They picked him at the end of the fourth, so that's good value. Bradley and I, the Utah defensive end, edge, whatever you want to call it. They got him in the fifth round. I had him in the third. So they just, they killed it. Up and down the board, they killed it. The Cowboys won the Super Bowl, if you won a Super Bowl by drafting. I actually want to talk about that for a minute because, obviously, this team did a great job, in my opinion, in the first couple rounds picking the best player available, but also they managed to address their needs. You know, outside of safety, corners, D-line, wide receiver was a, was a position, too, they could use some help at. They, they, they kind of check the boxes in all of the regards, but I think the big thing that I keep on hearing out of this is the value that they got to. You keep on saying these guys that you you felt they were better than where they were drafted at. Um, also looking at some of the compensatory picks that they they, they dealt with. With the, with the Wisconsin guy, you know, they traded up with Philly, which is kind of weird in itself, but they traded next year's fifth because in their minds – they were thinking, well, we're going to get compensatories that are going to be pretty good, about four of them for next year. So this evens out. I mean, I just love the fact that they're even thinking in that regard too. Yeah, they, they, they'll have extra picks next next year because of all the free agents they lost. Like um, they're going to get a nice comp pick for Byron Jones, maybe in the third round. They'll get a pick for Robert Quinn, probably in the fourth, could be as high as a third. Uh, and I'm just off the top of my head, I'm, I know that I'm already missing a couple. But yeah, they're going to have four extra picks. So if there's a guy that you like, uh, and you want to go get him, and it costs you your fifth next year, you're probably not worried about it because you're like, all right, I'm going to have an extra pick at the end of the third, an extra pick at the end of the fourth, and maybe a couple extra picks at the end of the fifth. So why not? Go get the guy you like. Um, I don't know that they needed to do it for Biotish. I don't know. I, like, I don't think he's going to start for them. 
Um, I don't think he's better than Connor McGovern. I was going to say, how do you think it's going to play out? Because you have some interesting Joe Looney, Connor McGovern, Connor Williams situation at hand where, you know, Looney, obviously we know he can play center. Williams has taken some snaps at center previously when they first drafted him. McGovern was a draft pick last year. We know left guard is locked down. We ain't, we're, we're not worried about that. Right guard. Right Martin? guard, sorry. Right guard, yeah. My bad. I If sorry, I had to sorry. guess, I would say left guard's Connor Williams. Center is Connor McGovern. And Joe Looney's a backup. But if Joe Looney's a backup, then Biotish is kind of stuck. It's like, now what am I doing? So maybe McGovern ends up as the left guard. And they want Connor Williams to be the swing everything. He was a left tackle at Texas. Mm-hmm. He's played guard for them. And then maybe Biotish does become the starting center. Um, I I don't think he's a better player than what they have. But he also dealt with injuries this year. He was a three-year starter at Wisconsin. And he paved the way for Jonathan Taylor to run for like 700 million yards. So, wow. yeah, 700 million, give or take. That statue must have been insane. Um, we'll, so, I guess with him, my answer is we'll see. I don't know. Were you surprised that they went with O-line? Because, again, like, they have some options there. And it seemed like, from what I was hearing, that that it was it was really coached. It was so high on him. And, and Jerry was like, well, on Friday, he, he decided he wanted to find out a way to get him. And then they even, like you said, they traded up. He wanted this guy. Yeah. Um, dang it. I do this sometimes. I forgot the question. Um, well, are you surprised it went with O-line? Oh, <laughs> Kind of. I didn't know if they would or not going into the draft because I I didn't think they were going to pick a guy that would be better than what they have, and I still don't. They might disagree with that, which would make sense with why they traded up. But either way, uh, the only thing they didn't address is safety in the draft that they probably would have liked to. And so now you've got good depth at offensive line. You've got the best wide receiver core in the league. You've got corners that are locked in for four years to replace guys that are going to leave next year. Like they did a great job, and I'm not like I'm not down on the Biotish pick. I just don't know how it plays out. Best wide receiver core in the league, even though Philly was making some trades. Philly was trying to make some moves, add some speed, it felt like. Yeah, but Philly, they hate Alshon Jeffrey. They want to run him out of town. He wants out of town. Aguilar left, but they don't care about that because they hated him. Not that I blame them because Philly. It's, it's yeah, Philly. it is Philly. Um, yeah, I think the Cowboys for three wide receivers, the three that'll be on the field, they have the best receiver core in the league. Like Tampa's got two really good ones. There's other teams that have two really good ones, but three deep. I don't think you can do better than Cooper, CD lamb and Michael Gallup. Can't do it. Two 1100 yard receivers and the best receiver in the draft. Get out of here. It's going to be awesome. I keep on saying this, but I watched, uh, I watched CD at the Texas OU game and he's insane. He's insane. And it's so fun to watch him play. Uh, I think Dane in his scouting report says in his draft guide, which again, I know the draft is over, but if you guys don't have this, it's the best resource. I I didn't study the draft as much as like a guy like Jeff and, and Broadus and, and KT and Dane and David Hellman obviously did, but um, this has been just such a, a invaluable resource for me and it's um, a, a wealth of knowledge. But anyways, um, you know, he, I think he says it the best in this, in this guy where he says he plays bigger than what he actually is. And the best way I kept on being able to describe it was when he would catch the ball, it's he his defenders would bounce off of him. Um, I mean, it's just impressive and it's going to be exciting to say the least. So he's six one one ninety eight at the combine and bigger than he is, is a hundred percent accurate. Like I think that is his best description. He plays like he's six three two fifteen, 
he's so hard to tackle the lower body power, the balance, uh, the ability to go up and get the ball. You would, you, I was before I got deep into the study when I was just watching CD, if you would have told me that guy is six, one and 190, 195 pounds, I'd been like, you're a liar. I've watched him run through so many tackles. I've watched him go moss so many people. That dude's 6'3", 215. And he's he's a monster, and he's going to be a monster. And that's why my dog's named CD. The end. Thank you for coming to our podcast. Very cute dog. Um, so, Meg, you've been pretty high on the corner. I know, I know Neville is good as well, but uh, you like him cornerback-wise, though. It was a need for us. Um, I feel like he's going to come in and obviously be able to compete for a starting job. He has some pretty strong, famous bloodlines, though. Trayvon Diggs. Oh, yeah, Minnesota Miracle over here. Uh, yeah, that will be really fun. I mean, he did play uh, – he has a history of playing wide receiver in the past. Um, so I, I smell a lot of interceptions. He's got good ball tracking skills. I mean, we've been needing that. Like, that's – the turnovers were lacking the last couple of years, so – Hopefully he can come in and make an impact in that regard and really, like, change the pace of a game. Um, we were worried about that. We were like, Team 40 Burger, yes, here for that. But also, let's let's play a little keep away. I love what Al, Al Harris, the uh, D-backs coach, came on your show, I think it was, Jeff, and said, and he was saying, you know, listen, my goal in this draft is to find guys that are, that are long. And, and he wants big corners. That's Trayvon Diggs. And honestly – I love it because he kept on saying, like, listen, you have to adapt to the guys that you're going to be defending. And these these wide receivers are getting bigger and better and stronger and faster. And we need guys that can match that. Um, how confident do you feel in, in, in the two and the pair they picked up to be able to hold their own? I love them. I think that um, I don't know what's going to happen in year one. Like, if Trayvon Diggs doesn't start as a rookie, I'm totally cool with that because you've got three guys with starting experience. You've got... Cheeto, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis. Two of their contracts are up at the end of the year. So I think the corners are a long, are long-term picks. You'd love for Trayvon Diggs to show up uh, in training camp and make you bench one of them. That would be great. <laughs> but I also don't think that it's that big of a deal because he's only played corner for three years. But still, he was already so good in man coverage at Alabama. Um, he's a really good player that I think is going to become a really great player as he gets pro coaching and getting a year of experience under his belt. And Reggie Robinson is the same thing. He measured more athletic than I think a lot of people thought. He's in the 92nd percentile of NFL corners when it comes to athleticism in the league. So he's athletic, he's big, he's long, and he had production, both intercepting the ball and batting balls down at Tulsa. And so I just, I think they got great value. And I think they've got guys that a year from now can both be starters for the next three years of their contract. So they picked offense in the first round. Everybody's like, oh, my God, what are you going to do about the defense? And the answer was, well, we're going to pick four guys at really great values that can probably be starters in the NFL. So that's how they killed it. That's the A+. Which is good because Jordan and Cheeto have rookie contracts that are expiring next year. So to get these guys in the door now is important and figure out what your, what your lineup's going to be and if you need to be worrying about – bringing a guy like Lewis or Cheeto back. They did the, that's exactly what they did with Cheeto and Jordan Lewis. When they drafted them, they knew um, we have to remake this secondary and we got to do it quickly and they have to do it again. 
we won't mention safety because Xavier Woods is going into the last year of his deal, and HaHa Clinton Dick signed a one-year deal. So they have nobody at safety. Actually, we are going to mention that, Jeffrey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> because Megan, one over here, is very upset that uh, one Jeff Heath is gone from the team now. Yeah, no, I, I've been saying, and I will say, he just always showed up in random moments when you needed him most. The GOAT. He is the GOAT. I Yes. Um, I think he's a better player than he ever got credit for and a worse player than the people who joke around and refer to him as the GOAT. Probably worse <laughs> than that. But he's probably a better player than he gets credit for, and he's a great special teams player. But I think there comes a point when a guy's been in the league for so long that their even their minimum salary gets to a certain point where you say, i got to replace him with a rookie. Like, he's not really starting caliber at safety, and how much am I going to pay for a special teamer? So I think at some point, you've got to move on from guys like that, and it was time. I want to get your thoughts on um, the concept of some of these corners potentially sliding over into the safety spot. Based on the guys that they drafted and based on the guys on the roster right now, what are some names that you think are most viable for that position? So I've heard people talking about, could you do that with Cheeto? And I think that is the name that would make sense because in college he played – kind of nickel corner. Sometimes he was outside. Sometimes he almost was at a safety spot. Um, and I think in a vacuum, he could do that, especially considering he hasn't probably lived up to expectations as a second round pick, although he's been a starter and maybe that is good enough, but I don't, I wouldn't do it. Cause first of all, you're talking about guys going in the last year of their deal. So why are we going to move them around and force rookies into the lineup? I think you just, you just, you go to camp, you play ball and you see what happens. Um, I wouldn't move anybody because in the NFL, you need five good corners, really. Somebody's going to get hurt, and a lot of times you'll be playing four of them at a time. So I think I want to have at least five that I can trust to play, and I think they're right around there if Reggie Robinson's ready. Otherwise, it's C.J. Goodwin or Maurice Kennedy, and I don't know about all that. But no, I don't want to move anybody. So we've talked a lot about how the Cowboys did in their draft. Um, I think we give them passing grades, more than passing grades across the board. Um, Jeff, what about the other teams in the NFC East? I mean, I know you've kind of been paying attention to that more than most, I would say. Uh, Philadelphia is one that comes to mind. But how do you think that those teams did? Should we be concerned? And, uh, yeah. They so Philly's fans I know hated their drafts, and it so hysterical. I love that. <laughs> like Philly fans, I guess wanted Justin Jefferson, the LSU receiver, and uh, the Eagles took Jalen Rager out of TCU in the first round. I actually liked Rager better than Jefferson, so I thought they made a good pick there. Rager's phenomenal. I actually watched him work out a couple months ago um, with the D Rob, and it, it was insane. Like he's, he's a beast. He's a beast. He's a beast. Yeah. They took Jalen Hurts in the second round, which I saw, oh, my God, Philadelphia went bonkers. I saw people like, sorry, Carson. Sorry they hate you, dude. This is dumb, stupid. And it's like, well, Carson's going to miss five to eight games a year. So you have to have somebody who can go win some football games. And Jalen Hurts makes sense in that regard. A guy who can use his legs and throw the ball, it just it makes more sense. Davion Taylor, Colorado linebacker in the third round for Philly. Um, I really like the player. He didn't play – High school football. He played one game of high school football. Wow. He was a really? uh, he was a seventh day. I get this word wrong. Adventist. 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 Um, so sundown Friday to sundown Saturday, you don't do the physical activity or the sports. Or I I'm sorry, I don't that. know enough about the that 
particular belief system, and I love you all if you're out there listening. Um, so he played one game of high school football, and then he went to Colorado, and you can tell he's inexperienced, but he's an incredible athlete. Uh, Philadelphia, I will give a B-. minus. The Giants, Andrew Thomas at number four overall seemed a little bit early, but I get it. Four-year starter at Georgia, Xavier McKinney in the second. Washington, Chase Young's great. Antonio Gibson's a good player. Antonio Gandy-Golden in the fourth. I'm going to give Washington a B-. minus. Uh, the Giants, everybody got a B-, and the Cowboys got an A+. Plus. So the Cowboys win. Bad news is the Eagles had a better team coming into the draft. And so True. I don't know if you're the favorite for the division, but you won the draft. Did you see any of the Hallmark, like Jason Garrett fingerprints on the Giants draft at all? Or? They picked two offensive linemen, and Garrett loves to run the ball. So sure, that could be his fingerprint saying, guys, let's give it to Saquon 800 times. He'll run for 300 yards, and we'll lose 17-6 to six every week. CD, what, can we talk about what your plan is? What are you doing? What are you doing? So maybe. The answer is maybe. Um, all right. Well, I think we're getting some questions on Twitter. So we want to make sure we ask all of us those. Meg, do you have a few of those to throw out to us? Yeah. Uh, James She or Ski, sorry, um, wanted to know how many players will start a game at some point next season, providing there is football. And what do you think? Uh, how many rookies from the Cowboys will start a game? Yeah, Jeff. CD will start games. I will say Trayvon Diggs will start games. Um, Neville Gallimore will not start games. He'll rotate with Gerald McCoy, but McCoy will be the starter. Reggie Robinson, I will say, will not start games. Tyler Biotish is the tough one. Can he win the center job? I'm going to say no. That barring injury, he will not start games. And Bradley and I, the fifth rounder, is the wild card because I think that depends on Alden Smith and Randy Gregory. And you do have Tyrone Crawford who will probably take snaps at end. When do we get an update on that, Alden and, and Randy? Alden probably sooner than Randy is what I've heard. But you have 60 days from when you file for reinstatement. So the answer to that is I don't know. But... I will say only two guys of the rookie class are going to start games, but I don't care because a year from now, that answer might be five. Well, and that leads me into my next question. Um, so if both of them are reinstated, then who is who are you more excited about? And this is from Brandon Snyder. I will go Gregory, mostly because he's younger. And I think that Randy Gregory can literally get out of bed and do what he does, which is be hyper-athletic and turn the corner and sack the quarterback. Alden Smith I'll be excited about, but he's also, what, three years removed from the NFL and creeping up at like 30 now. And so a little more excited about Gregory, but the idea of having both of them is, oh, my God. I'll pick him to win the division if you promise both of those guys play 16 games. You heard it here first. Honestly, I mean, for me, I Gregory Gregory's a guy that everyone has been so excited about. Go Big Red. But he's, quite frankly, I would still consider him pretty unproven. And while he is a freak and has all this natural ability, I would love to see him put it together on the field consistently. Alden Smith, yeah, he's been more proven. But like you said, he's three years removed from actually stepping foot on the field. So um, definitely some wild cards. But I feel like that's where the Cowboys strive. They're good at that. They're good at – they like taking those risks. It's, I think it's the it's – the, Landman and Jerry, you know, just loving to go out and take a 
take a bet on something, if you will. So um, I think they'll play out. I mean, speaking about taking bets on people, uh, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to look at the undrafted free agent signings. Is there anyone that you can see making the team? They, they almost got Courtney Davis, the A&M receiver, and if they did, I think he would have made the team. Initially, they had said that he was a cowboy, but then... Vikings came in and gave him $100,000 guarantee or something like that? Yeah, so they guaranteed him um, more money than seventh rounders, yeah. Um, so yeah. They gave him an actual contract, basically. He made the right decision. They're not going to give you hundred grand guaranteed and not <laughs> have you make the team, probably. So he made the right decision. Um I'll have to get their full list of them. I know there's a safety from uh, Illinois State named Luther Kirk that was at the Shrine game, the All-Star game in college, and I believe he was a defensive MVP, and he plays safety, a position where the Cowboys are short right now. So that may give him a shot to make a team, and on a future podcast, I'll give you the scouting reports on all their undrafted free agents because I don't have the list in front of me. Dang it! The next question is, which cornerback could you see moving over to safety? The answer would be Cheeto, but my answer is none. That's my answer. We kind of kicked that around earlier. I just I don't think it makes sense to move a guy when he's in the last year of his deal anyway. You want to get the best out of him, and I don't think that involves moving him to a new position. Unless you get into camp, and Trayvon Diggs is incredible, and you're like, oh, God, he has to start. And Anthony Brown is playing really well, and you're like, oh, there's a starter. And Jordan Lewis is playing really well, and you're like, they're a starter. And Cheeto's playing terrible. And you're like, huh, all right, so he's not going to play. Then if you wanted to – I was about to say dong around with it, but you don't want to say dong around on the podcast. (laughs) Then if you want to dong around with that, fine. But I would just leave everybody alone, see what happens at safety. They brought a guy in for one year. They're going to have a lot to do with their safeties next year. But for now, let people play. I think Jerry mentioned Robinson too, though. That was a guy that he said that might be able to go over and okay, make that would be interesting. Yeah, he's got the sign. It's weird though because usually corner is more valuable than safety. So if you draft a corner, like the Byron thing, that's why it never made sense. Yeah, because he what was he a was he? So his last year at UConn, he was a corner. Yeah, and he was really good. He played safety before that at UConn too, so he played both. But if you thought a guy could be a good corner, why would you put him at safety? Corner is more important. If you can take away their best receiver, go. Go do it. Is it more important? Yes, I think so. Why? I think um, because if you get a really good one, then you have him travel with the other team's best receiver, or you do the Belichick and have him travel with the other team's second best receiver and double team their best receiver. I, I just I think it gives you a better opportunity to shut down an opposing offense than a safety. Now there's exceptions to this rule. Ed Reed. I'll I'll take him over any corner back in his day. He's okay. Uh, Jamal Adams, I'll take over most corners. But generally speaking, that's why what you do, the way you figure out what's more important is you look up each position and the highest make the highest earning players. Corners make more than safeties. Is the Jamal Adams narrative dead? Yes. Check in with me around week five or six. Because around week five or six, if you're getting bad safety play and the Jets are one in five, that might be revisited. Hmm. Um, Spicy. I have one over here, too, from Brian Stim. He wants to know, guys, who has more touchdowns next year, Cooper, Gallup, and CD, or Dak and Zeke rushing touchdowns? Receiving versus rushing. Okay, so I think Zeke will probably rush for about 12. Dak will probably rush for about six. I think he does six literally every year. 
So that'll be 18, maybe 19 or 20 on the top end there. Cooper will have 9 or 10. Gallup will have 6 or 7. Lamb will have 6 or 7. Receivers. Okay. Receivers. Meg? If I had to guess who had the most, I think I'm going to go with Coop. Just because Dak and him are so comfortable together. Um, I think them all mixing around will open things up, but I think that's his like tried and true at the moment. So if I had to guess who had the most out of all of them, that would be my guess. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with the receivers as well. I mean, I, it, I think obviously our run game is really productive, but uh, you know, we heard that we heard that coach and Kellen Moore met on Saturday and were already wrinkles was the word that was used, which is such a weird way of putting it. But I think they're, they're scheming of ways to, to use these new guys and they're going to mess with everyone's head. Kellen has reason to be excited. So I'm here for it. <laughs> okay. This is my favorite question we've gotten thus far. Uh, James wants to know, does Ben DiNucci look like country music star Sam Hunt's twin or what? He does is the answer. I don't know. <laughs> what? I don't know what Sam Hunt looks like. And I've only seen Ben DiNucci's picture once, and I already forgot what he looks like. Oh. So I'm going to go with yes as well. Okay. Yeah, I definitely think he does. It's going to be a yes for me. Um, I doubt he has the same pipes, but, you know. You know, it's, it's okay. okay. He has an arm. Yeah, he, we'll allow it. He still brings talent to the table. God doesn't give with all of the hands, you know. All right. Well, this was fun, you guys. Um, obviously, again, as you can hear, we're really excited about what the Cowboys bringing to the table from the draft this year. Uh, a pluses all around Jeffrey, I think with the a plus plus. So, um, really excited about how we're going to see these guys leveraged. Can't wait to get them in the door. Uh, obviously they're going to be doing some remote training. We'll see how that plays out and how they actually start to onboard these guys. But, um, I'm sure we will have some interesting storylines to watch throughout this off season. But if you love Jeff as much as we do, you can catch him on 105 through the fan on G bag nation every weekday, 2 to 7 p.m. Central Time? 2 to 7, but look up my YouTube page. Thanks. Oh, yeah, he has a YouTube page. What's the YouTube page? YouTube.com slash Jeff Cavanaugh. Thanks. Subscribe. Uh, give him <laughs> thumbs up. Co- do comments help, too? I have no idea. Okay, well, comment, too. They probably do. I'm sure they help. Help our guy out. Um, make him look Tell great. him he's pretty. Yeah, tell him, he's pre- tell him he's pretty. Thank you guys for tuning in. It was a lot of fun. For Megan Murray and Jeff Cavanaugh, I'm Kelsey Charles. This has been Girls Talking Boys on... <laughs> SB Nation's Vlogging the Boys podcast. We will see you guys next time.